morning, good morning, good morning. Good to have you with me today on this beautiful Sunday morning. And uh, trust that you're ready, revved up, anxious. I've been chomping at the bit all week to get over here and share this teaching with you. This, is, this, this has the potential to really change your world, and I mean that sincerely. I, although, honestly, I feel that every week I come over and share with you at the Digital Cathedral, I feel like I got something that is gonna add another brick to the wall that's going to construct the kind of life that you're really desirous of having. But today, I think we got something a little bit extra special. So just stick with me, just stick with me. If you've been with me over the last few weeks, uh, you know that we've been talking about some dimensions of unlimited, the unlimited life. And I kind of taken a little tangent and have kind of uh, put together five or six teachings that kind of go together on the unlimited. Uh, I guess it was about four weeks ago, I started with the power source of the unlimited, which is the union that we have with the Father through the Son in the Spirit. That's, that's the furnace. That's, that's the source of power. It's knowing that oneness. Jesus, the man, the human man, recognized his Christness. He recognized his union with the Father when he said in John chapter 14 and verse 10, and I want to read that verse for you out of the passion. I'm going to use a lot of passion today, if, a lot of passion, a lot of passion translation today, if that's okay with you. Uh, here's what Jesus said, and I want you to hear the union that Jesus expressed in this verse. John 14, 10. Jesus said, don't you believe that the Father is living in me? That's union. That's oneness. And that I am living in the Father. So Jesus was saying that we are intertwined together. He said, do you believe that I'm in the Father and the Father's in me? I think that's a good word for all of us to say. Do you believe that the Father's in me and that I'm in the Father? And Jesus said, and that I'm living in the Father. Even my words are not my own, but come from my Father. For he lives in me. Watch. He lives in me and performs the miracles of power through me. Jesus is, is saying very simply that through this union that I have with the Father, that there is a generation of power that takes place. And so we looked at that for, uh, I, I can't remember if it was one week or two weeks, we looked at that power source of our union with the Father being exactly what the union that Jesus enjoyed with the Father. And Jesus expressed it when he said, in that day you'll know that I'm in the Father and that you're in me and I'm in you. So Jesus pulls us into that circle of union. Then we talked about perspective. Uh, the view that we have of the unlimited, the view that we have, the perspective that we have that creates this unlimited potential where everything is possible. Uh, again, I, I think I want to I want to read a quick scripture for each of these, at least for this one. Seeing uh, and seeking above uh, that perspective that comes from a higher dimension, higher vibrational level. It comes from a place where we see circumstances and people through the eyes of love himself. So it changes the whole viewpoint. That's That was the point of the message that we spent a week or two on that, being able to see from the right perspective, the right position, which is through the eyes of the Father. In Colossians chapter 3 and verse 1, it says this, Passion Translation, Christ's resurrection is your resurrection. When, you arose, when he arose, you rose with him. That's your perspective. You're seeing from a resurrected, you're seeing from a new life perspective. This is why we are to yearn for all that is above. That's where we're looking. That's where we're seeking. That's not distance. That's not off yonder. Above is not someplace else. 
above, again, is just a different, higher level of consciousness. It's seeing from a different perspective. It's seeing from his eyes. For that's where Christ sits enthroned at the place of all power and all honor and all authority. And that's where you're seated too. So can you see with me this morning that that changes the way we look at things? And if you would like to hear union or perspective stretched out for the entire hour teaching, 45 minutes, whatever it was, then go back a couple weeks and look at unlimited power source or unlimited per, limited perspective. Then we spent two weeks talking about impartation. You know, uh, that what you're walking out. When the Holy Spirit downloads into you, when you grab onto revelation, and then you begin to open the eyes of other people with what it is that you have been seeing. The reason that we get revelation is not to absorb it ourselves and just hold on to it. It's to get it, and it is to absorb it. It is to embrace it fully. But then at some point when you have crock-potted it long enough, that revelation becomes you. And once that revelation is you, then you're able to share out of that resource to other people. All right? So we talked about uh, the unlimited power source, the perspective, and um, we talked about impartation. Now there's one, there's one part left that I want to add into this before we kind of get back on the main trail. This is all part of the unlimited, but it was kind of a little one, two, three, four that I wanted to lay down that I thought might help you to get a little bit more understanding and insight into what unlimited is really talking about. Number four would be this. It brings us to the application of the unlimited. It brings us uh, to where we put boots on the ground, to where we actually walk it out, to where the rubber meets the road. L let's, call it, let's call it manifesting what we possess. Maybe a, maybe a better title, this is probably what I title it. It's wisdom from above. All right? It's being able to demonstrate wisdom from above. In other words, being a kingdom resource, not only for yourself, but being a kingdom resource for other people, being one that you're able to pull upon what you have from the revelation and from the understanding you have, you're able to pull upon it and dispense it to other people. So this is gonna take me two weeks. I'm gonna break it in half today and I'll share the other half next week because this, this wisdom from above is too much to jam pack into, into one teaching and you possess in this area far more than most of us realize or demonstrating. And the reason we're not demonstrating it is because we're not realizing it. So I hope that I'm able to launch you a little bit into some realization of the wisdom that you possess that is from above. Let me ask you a question. Before I really get into this heavy, let me ask you a question. What do you really want your life to manifest? What, what do you really want it to manifest? How do, you, how do you want to construct your life, your career, uh, if you're married, how do you how do you how do you want your marriage to grow and blossom? Do, do you have a plan for your life, for your career, your job, your marriage, your family that is spirit directed? Let me let me help you a little bit. What are the desires of your heart? What is that to, that you really would like? What what lights your fire? What cranks your engine? Uh, there was an old, old man when I was a youngster and I was kind of feeling my way through ministry and different things, and he asked me, you know, I, at one point I wanted to travel, another point I, you know, was pastoring, was always in my heart. He asked me, he, and this was a great question, and since that time I've heard it other times, but it was the first time I'd ever heard it. 
he asked me, he said, what would you like to do if you knew that you couldn't fail? If what you did you knew would be a success, what is it that you would like to do? What are the desires of your heart? What is it that, that really gets you up in the morning? What, what is it that you really, if you could just nail it down, say, this is what I would like to have, what, what is it? Well, whatever it is, who do you think planted those desires in you? Where do you think that they came from? Let's read, let's read a little bit from uh, Psalm chapter 37. Psalm chapter 37. Stay with me this morning. Stay with me this morning. We're going to be talking about the wisdom that comes from above. Psalm 37 verse 4. It says, Make God the utmost delight and pleasure of your life. Make him the utmost delight and pleasure of your life. Now watch what will happen. And he will provide for you what you desire the most. Now this is why we we're talking about wisdom this morning. Because the thing that you desire the most is going to take the wisdom of God to get you to that place to where you fully acclimate it into your life. All right, verse 5. Give God the right to direct your life. Give God the right to direct your life, and as you trust him along the way, you'll find that he's pulled it off perfectly. You'll find that he's perfect, pulled it off perfectly. So what, what, the, what uh, the psalmist is saying here is that when you trust in him, when you trust in him, he tweaks or changes your desires. Let, let, let me read that again. Make God the utmost delight and pleasure of your life. All right, now that's that's seeing from his perspective. And he will provide you what you desire the most. Now, don't you know that when you see from his perspective, you're going to see like he sees, and so it's gonna flush out some of those desires that have just been you or flesh desires or things that really will not get how you were wired, the fulfillment that he really created you to have. And then, and then he also says that delight will bring light to your way to manifest them. Let me, let me read that again from verse from verse five. Light will bring, light will bring, or or uh, delight will bring, delight will bring the light that will enlighten the path to enable you to manifest what it is that you really desire. Listen to this. Give God the right to direct your life. Give him the right to direct it. Take your hands off of it. And as you trust him along the way, you'll find that he's pulled it off perfectly. Now, what, what do we call that? We call that wisdom. We call that being a wise person. Wisdom, let me define wisdom for you. Wisdom is the practical application of the knowledge that the Spirit imparts to your spirit. When the Spirit imparts to your spirit knowledge, the practical application that will come as you trust him and he directs you along the way. What comes out of that is wisdom. Proverbs chapter four, let's, if you have your Bible, just turn a little bit more to the right and let's look at Proverbs chapter four. I'm gonna to try to use quite a bit of scripture this morning because the scripture has a lot to say about wisdom. Proverbs chapter four, and let me read verse seven. Wisdom is the most valuable commodity. My gosh, you know, when, when the Bible says that it's the most or the greatest, I pay attention. Wisdom is the most valuable commodity, so buy it. Revelation knowledge 
is what you need, so invest in it. Where does wisdom come from? Wisdom comes out of that revelation knowledge. Wisdom is the thing that takes you forward in your life. Wisdom is the thing that will propel you towards your goal. Wisdom gives you the daily answers to the situations and the dilemmas that you face that otherwise you would have no way of knowing how to answer. Wisdom is the walking out in daily life of the kingdom that we teach and that we live in. Wisdom, wisdom is us putting into words and flesh the word that we receive from the Father. When you receive a word from the Father and you start walking it out, it takes wisdom to guide those steps, to flesh it out, all right? So wisdom is us putting words and flesh to the word that he imparts within us. The wisdom that is from above, the wisdom that comes from the Father, tells us what to speak, how to speak it, when to speak it, and who to speak it to. James had a power, some powerful things to say about wisdom. And there's two verses I wanna take out of James. And these two verses, I'm not gonna get into them much this morning, but I'm gonna spend all next week on these two verses from James because they, 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 they really are a mouthful. But let, let me just, uh, let me put the seed into your spirit this morning that you might be able to, to look at it a little bit this week and contemplate from James chapter three. James chapter three, let me just get over there. James chapter three, and let's see what old James had to say. Let's see what Jimmy had to say about wisdom. He said, the wisdom that is from above is always pure, filled with peace, considerate, teachable, filled with love, never displays prejudice or any hypocrisy. Now that's, that's what James said about wisdom, all right? So we've looked, we've looked at the power source, union, We've, we've looked at the perspective, seated above with Christ in heavenly places. We've looked at the impartation, taking the downloads that come into our, our life, into our spirit, and being able to pass those, plant them into the lives of other people. But the gas, the catalyst, the fuel, uh, the igniter that drives the unlimited is the application of wisdom in the kingdom. It's not just getting understanding. Understanding is good. With all you're getting, get understanding. But he said, wisdom is the principal thing. We just read it from Proverbs. So what, what the spirit of truth will do is he will take the understanding that you get and he will begin to move that understanding over to wisdom that will enable you to walk out successfully the practicalities of life and the situations that you face. So wisdom rises from the kingdom within us as we give that kingdom first place. Seek first the kingdom of God and all these things, including wisdom, will be added to you. Wisdom brings the answers. Wisdom, wisdom shines the light. It, it gets the job done. It lives the Christ as us life out in the streets. People wonder, how do we live this life out? I'll tell you, you live it out. You, lived it, you live it by wisdom. You, you live it by the practical application of the knowledge that you've received. And those seven aspects that James mentions are traits that are being developed within our uh, new creation consciousness. Those seven aspects that he said, the wisdom that is from above is pure. It's not, you know, it doesn't get all bent out of shape. And he goes on, he gives us uh, several several characteristics of the wisdom that is from above and all of them you can go back and look at them at James chapter 3 verse 17 18 all of them reflect the character of the father all of them reflect the image 
that Jesus portrayed when he walked on the earth. His walking out was always in wisdom. Jesus demonstrated tremendous wisdom, and it came because of the knowledge that he had. So the wisdom that comes to us is expressed in words and it's expressed in actions, especially through words, especially through words. In Isaiah chapter 54, in Isaiah chapter 50, let me, let me read this for you, Isaiah chapter 50. I'm, I'm using my, my old Bible today. I've, I've used this, I've had this Bible for a see how wore out it is on the back? I, I spent some money and I bought a really good, but I, I couldn't find one this size, I love this size. I couldn't find one this size anymore, so I bought a bigger one, and I, I just can't get my way through it as easily. I've used it for, I don't know how many weeks now, the digital cathedral, but this week I was drawn back to this old one because I can just, I can get there quick. Any of you have a Bible like that that is like, this is like part of my arm. I can get where I want to go quick. So let's look at this. This is about wisdom and, and the speaking. Isaiah chapter 50 and verse... Four. For thus the, Isaiah chapter 50. Let me get over there. Here we go. Isaiah chapter 50, verse 4. The Lord God has given me the tongue of the learned. That's the tongue of the wise. A man that is learned is the man that is wise. That I should know how to speak a word in season to him who is weary. He awakens me morning by morning. He awakens my ear to hear as the learned. So that's, that's how a man of wisdom operates. He's looking for that word in due season. The Lord has given me the tongue of the learned. He knows how to speak. He knows when to speak, how to speak, who to speak it, and uh, uh, when. There's right timing to all of this. All right? So th the wisdom that comes to us, this practical application of knowledge, this wisdom that comes to us, runs on a two-way street. First of all, it gives us the practical walking out. And I'm driving that point hard this morning because I think this is where a lot of us have difficulty is the, the practical walking out of what we have learned. Wisdom gives us the practical walking out of the knowledge that you get from reading all those books. All of the knowledge that you've picked up on those YouTube videos, the conferences that you have attended, the revelation, the understanding that you get from those, the books, the YouTubes, the conferences, whatever source, I, I always encourage you to crockpot it because the, the deeper it settles into you, the more it becomes part of you. When that revelation really settles in, then the wisdom that comes from that will guide you in the walking out of the revelation and the knowledge that you have. It'll come out in wisdom. So, Keep pouring stuff in, keep pouring stuff in. Let it settle, let it cook, let it, let, it, let it marinate. And the deeper it goes, the longer it goes, the more the wisdom will be that comes out from it. Now, now listen to me closely. Wisdom is a thing that waters and fertilizes the fruit of the Spirit. You wanna grow more fruit of the Spirit, which is the character of Jesus himself, then, then let wisdom begin to be part of your life. The working out of the knowledge that you've received. When revelation comes, let it cook. Let it become part of you. Until, it, until you, you, know, you kind of squeeze it out. And what you squeeze out of that knowledge is wisdom. All right, look, look at this with me from Galatians chapter five. 
Galatians chapter 5. Let's read about this fruit of the Spirit. I know that you're familiar with it, but it doesn't hurt you to hear it again. Matthew chapter 5, verse 18 says this, but if you're led by the Spirit, if you're led by the Spirit, you're not under the law. So wisdom is gonna, is gonna guide you to come out from any, any restrictions, especially the self-imposed ones. Those seem to be the toughest laws that we have to deal with are those laws we put on ourselves that make us feel unworthy, condemned, we're not measuring up. Uh, if you're led by the Spirit, you're not under the law. Now he's gonna tell us what happens when you're under the law. When you're under the law, you always are condemned, you feel guilty, you feel worthless, uh, you, you feel like God's a million miles away. Now, you tell, here's, here's the works of the flesh. Here's a man that has no wisdom. Works of the flesh are evident, which are adultery, fornication, uncleanness, lewdness, idolatry, sorcery, hatred, contentions, jealousies, outbursts of wrath, selfish ambitions, dissensions, heresies, evil murders, drunkenness, revelries, and the like, of which I tell you beforehand, just as I also told you in the time past. Now, listen, that those who practice these things will not inherit the kingdom of God. That doesn't mean they're going to hell. They will not inherit. There's an inheritance that we're walking into that wisdom will take us into. It's the inheritance of the kingdom. But when, you, when you're not led by the Spirit, when you're not walking in wisdom, when you're not applying the, the understanding, the knowledge that you have, these are the things that manifest. Now watch this. But the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control, listen, against which there is no law. There's no boundary to it. You can't, you can't say that it's gone too far. You, you can't have a border to gentleness, self-control, love, peace, kindness, goodness, all of those things. This is what wisdom cultivates within our life. Are, are, are you tracking with me? All right, so verse 25 says this, if we live in the spirit, let us also walk in the spirit. So if we're gonna live in the spirit, if we're gonna, if we're gonna, if we're gonna gain spirit, then it needs to come forth out of us in a way that we can walk it out. And that's where wisdom comes into play. So wisdom, first of all, is going to guide your steps. It's going to guide your life. It's going to enrich you. It's going to keep you out of trouble. Wisdom will keep you personally out of trouble. All right, the second thing wisdom does is this. It attracts other people to who you are because they see you walking out the revelation that you've received. Now, they may not know the revelation that you've received, but they see you walking out something that, that is appealing to them. So this walking out is more than mouthing the words, right? It's, it's the demonstration that rings the bell. It's the demonstration that nobody can refute. You can refute my arguments all day long. You can refute my argument. But when I'm living out love, joy, peace, gentleness, goodness, long-suffering, when I'm living out the wisdom of God, when it's flowing out of my life, you can't deny it because you see it. It's like over in Acts chapter 4 and verse 13. They didn't know what to do with Peter and John because they had, they had done a miracle as they went into the temple in chapter 3 Remember there was a guy that wanted alms. They said, we don't have any money, but what we have, we're going to give to you. We're going to impart to you. Right? They, they, they had been with Jesus. They had walked with him. So they said, look, we've got something here. We're going to impart to you. And he healed them. And if you read through that third chapter, then the 
first part of the fourth chapter, it upset everybody. It upset the religious people. They didn't like it. So they brought Peter and John in and they were, they were going to, you know, they were going to maybe crucify him at that point. But it says in chapter four, verse 13, that when they saw the boldness of Peter and John and perceived that they were uneducated and untrained men, they marveled and they realized that they had been with Jesus. See, there's, there's a demonstration that people see when you move in the wisdom of God. And the wisdom of God directed Peter and John when they went into the temple to minister to this man, to give him what he needed. Their union, their perspective, impartation, they walked in wisdom. All right, do you see how these, these four, these five, they're starting to work together. The union, the perception, the impartation, and now the wisdom of God comes out and other people could see it. They couldn't refute. These guys were uneducated, they were unlearned, they didn't have a seminary degree, and they perceived that they had been with Jesus. So here's, 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 what, here's what happened. Now, here's the, here's the wisdom of God that begins to demonstrate out of this fourth chapter, verse 14. And seeing the man who had been healed standing with him, they couldn't say anything against it. Verse 15, but when they had commanded them to go outside of the council, they conferred among themselves saying, what, what are we gonna do with these guys? For indeed, there's been a notable miracle that's taken place through them and it's evident. Everybody in Jerusalem can see it. But so that it spreads no further among the people, let us severely threaten them from now on that they speak to no man in this name. Now, when you're confronted, here's the situation. You need the wisdom of God. What are you going to do? How are you going to handle that? What's going to come out? What's going to come out your mouth is what's deep in your heart when you're Peter and John at this point. Because listen, they weren't playing games. They're coming back in and they're threatening these guys. So they called them, verse 18 says, and commanded them that they speak at all nor teach in the name of Jesus. Now here's the wisdom. Peter and John answered and said, whether it is right in the sight of God to listen to you more than God, you judge. Now there's a statement of wisdom that they could not refute. What are, Peter and John, unlearned men, backed these guys, these intellectuals, right in a corner and said, look, you tell us. Should we obey God or obey you? You see, that's, that's, that's wisdom at work right there. That's somebody speaking in wisdom. Jesus demonstrated. How many times did Jesus, did they try to back Jesus in a corner? And the words that came out of his mouth had such wisdom to them, had such power to them that they couldn't refute it. They couldn't say anything against it. So what, what I'm trying to say is this. What Jesus drew from his union with the Father and from his perspective of seeing through the eyes of the Father enabled him to walk it and live it in demonstration. That's wisdom. You want to learn kingdom wisdom? I'm going to give you three chapters. Matthew chapter 5, 6, and 7. We call that the Sermon on the Mount. It's packed with kingdom wisdom. It's his knowledge and the application of the knowledge. Let me give you an illustration. I, but those three chapters, if you want to gain wisdom from the Gospels, Matthew 5, 6, and 7 is packed with kingdom wisdom. It, it is the knowledge that comes from the Spirit of God. And in those three chapters, he will tell you how to apply it. Now, let me give you a quick illustration out, out of those three chapters. Matthew chapter 7. Let's just look at one. Matthew chapter 7. There's... There's, there's a number in here. 
that, that, that are good illustrations like this. In verse 24, Matthew chapter 7, Therefore, Jesus is speaking. Jesus said, Who, Whosoever hears these sayings of mine and does them, whosoever hears these sayings and does them, watch, I will liken him to a wise man. So right there's a big key, man. You want to be a wise person? You hear the sayings and you do the sayings. Now, as you hear and do the sayings, you're going to get the wisdom of how to apply it. But there's, you get in motion here. You can't steer a parked car. You hear these sayings, they marinate, they cook, and you do them to the, to the extent that you know to do them. And Jesus said, you're, you're going to be a, a wise man who built his house. And his house isn't a house. It's not, you know, a brick two-story with two bedrooms and two baths. He's talking about a life. And he will build his life on a rock. That's, that's on a solid foundation. A wise man builds on a rock. Well, who's the wise man? The one that hears and does the sayings of Jesus. And the rain descended, the floods came, and the winds blew and beat on that life, or all kinds of adversities blew against it, sufferings, turmoil, all kinds of mess, messing, you know, the, everything you face in life. We're going to face stuff in life. In this world, you'll have tribulation. I don't care who you are. There are going to be things that blow against you. Jesus said the rains descended, the floods came, the winds blew, and it did not fall for it was founded on a rock. What was the rock it was founded on? A wise man built his house by hearing and saying, by hearing and doing the sayings of Jesus. Now let's look at the reverse of that. Whosoever hears these sayings of mine and does not do them will be a foolish man. That's, that's the antithesis of a wise man. A foolish man hears. See, church is full of people that hear. They got all kinds of knowledge. They got all kinds of stuff stored back in the computer, all, all stored up there. You, you tell them uh, anything, they can give you a verse, just like that. They can, they can counter you with a verse of Scripture so fast, they can tell you. All right? But they're not doing any of it. And it's evident by the life they live. Their life's messed up. It's out of balance. They're fighting the same problems they did 20 years ago. That's not hearing and saying that, the, the, the sayings of Jesus, hearing and doing the sayings of Jesus. You're, you're kidding yourself if you think it is. He said, if you hear them but don't do them, you're a foolish man. He said, and here's what happens. You're not building on a rock. You're building on sand. What happens on, on something built on sand when rains come? The sand washes away. The house falls. That's what Jesus said. The rains descended, the floods came, and the winds blew. Notice the same, the same adversities. You got two people, one's called wise, one calls foolish. Wise man hears and does the sayings of Jesus. Foolish man hears, doesn't do. Same adversities come, same problems come. One knows what to do, one knows not what to do. And it says, and the house fell, and great was the fall of the house. Now, Solomon was called the wisest man that ever lived. Why was Solomon called the wisest man that ever lived? Because not only did his wisdom enrich him, it drew other people to his wisdom. I don't know whether you realize it or not, but there are 31 chapters of Proverbs. Proverbs is probably the best, most popular writing of, of Solomon, the rich man, or the, the uh, wisest man. He was rich too. There's 31 Proverbs. I'm going to give you a good project if you're ambitious. This is a great thing to do with your children or your grandchildren. 31 chapters in Proverbs. Get 31 pieces of paper. And every day go through a proverb. And on day one on sheet number one of the paper, 
write down the wisdom that's dispensed in that first chapter of Proverbs. Then go chap chapter two, page two, all the way to the end of the month. You have, when you're done, you're gonna have 31 pages that's filled with the wisdom of Solomon. Now here's what you do with it. You go back and you get some more paper and you begin to break down by topics. What does, what does wisdom say about finances? What does wisdom say about relationships? What does wisdom say about treating other people? All right, you're, you're gonna find that when you list it out by topics and then you look at your 31 sheets and you begin to pull things out by topics, now you're gonna have a nice little booklet that's gonna give you all kinds of topics and what the wisdom of God is, what it says about those topics. And I, I will guarantee you, it'll change your life. It will change your thinking. It will change your perspective. Proverbs is a book of wisdom and its application of life situations. I don't think there's any book in the Bible that more clearly lays out how to apply wisdom than the book of Proverbs. It'll just, it'll flat out tell you the wisdom, how to apply it. And you can go through the 31 chapters and you can do that in a month. And then you can sit down and begin to break it down by subjects and by topics. All right, I wanna take you back to James. We read in James chapter three, verse 17. I wanna go back and just set on this for just a minute. In James chapter three and verse 17, James tells us about wisdom. And I think James had a real revelation about this. James chapter three, verse 17. He said, the wisdom that is from above, right? That's our perspective, right? We've learned our perspective is from above. We're seated with Christ in heavenly places. This is the view that we have. This is this is how we're seeing things. We're seeing through the eyes of the Father. So the wisdom that comes through the eyes of the Father, that comes from this higher dimension, this uh, greater vibration, this higher vibration, higher consciousness, is pure. It's peaceable. It's gentle. It's willing to yield fruit of mercy, good fruits, without partiality and without hypocrisy. All right, there's seven of them right there. Now, in Proverbs chapter 9, now just hold, hold right there in James. Come, I forgot to read, I, was, I wanted to read Proverbs chapter 9 verse 1 first. So let me, let me just backtrack a little bit. Proverbs chapter 9 and verse 1. Proverbs chapter 9 and verse 1. It says, Wisdom has built herself a palace upon seven pillars to secure it. So there's seven pillars that wisdom builds on. Seven pillars. Wisdom has built herself a palace upon seven, seven pillars to keep it secure. Now watch what James says. He says the wisdom that is from above, watch, is, is first, I want to read it out of, uh, I want to read it out of uh, the passion. I just, I, I really like this out of the passion. James chapter uh, three and verse 17. James says the wisdom that is from above, watch, is first pure, filled with peace, considerate, teachable, filled with love, number six, never displays prejudice or hypocrisy. There's seven, there seven things that James mentions that wisdom is, seven. And we just read from Proverbs chapter nine and verse one that wisdom has built a palace and it has seven pillars of wisdom. Now we just read what those seven pillars of wisdom are. There are seven right there that James mentioned. I'm not gonna get into them this week. 
But next week, I'm telling you what, you don't want to miss next week. You don't, I've already got it laid down. You don't want to miss this. Next week, I want to spend the whole time on those seven pillars because this is what we can construct our life on. This is what the Spirit of God is speaking to us about wisdom, the practical application of our knowledge and our understanding. As you get revelation, it's going to be funneled in to one of those pillars that will build your life as well as enable you to be a resource center that can speak wisely when the people that you encounter, your children, your neighbors, your friends, your coworkers, when they have problems, when they have dilemmas, do you know that within you arises the wisdom of God? Don't miss next week. Don't miss next week. I'm putting some good foundation down this morning. You see, wisdom can walk into a room and change the entire atmosphere of the room. There's no question about it. Because they are empowered by the spirit within. They have the Father's perspective. They have the power of the union with the Father. They have the innate ability to impart. And so now we're talking about what we can impart, and that's the wisdom that is from above. You got a gift, brother. You are filled with the wisdom that is from above. Why sons? Why sons? I think the number one, number one characteristic of a wise son is that he's a peacemaker. In fact, when you come over to, to uh, read about the wisdom that God dispenses, he says, blessed are the peacemakers, for they shall be called the sons of God. Didn't say peace, uh, peace maintainers or peacekeepers. He said, blessed are the peacemakers. It's a lot easier to keep the peace than make the peace. It's difficult to come into a hostile situation and bring peace and reconciliation through wisdom, but you can do that. And when you come into a room because you are filled with the wisdom of God. You, it, it's brewing and stewing within you. When you come into a room, the atmosphere changes. If you, has anybody ever mentioned that before? That when you come in, you bring a presence in with you. See, you're bringing the presence of God in. And, and God, God is wisdom. The wisdom that flows from God is peaceable. It's lovable. It's not filled with hypocrisy. All those things that James mentioned, we're going to go through those next week. And as we go through them, you're going to go, ah, now I see why that's been brewing. Mm, now I see what that circumstance has been trying to draw out of my life. See, we, we grow when things push against us. We don't like to hear about adversity. We don't like to hear about pain. We don't like to hear about anything negative. It's when the winds come and the rains fall and the winds blow, all that stuff that he said that a wise man hears and does. When those things then begin to beat against the house, you're able to dispense and, and, and have wisdom flow out of you because you're prepared. You're a, you're a peacemaker. You come into a room, I tell you what, a change takes place. And sometimes people have maybe even told you that. When you come, I, I feel something different when you're around me. I like you being around me. There's something about you that I really enjoy. That's how Jesus lived. Jesus was called the Prince of Peace, wasn't he? And he came into a world he walked into a hostile world that was full of anger and bitterness, and he brought peace. You know how he did it? Wisdom of God. He reconciled the entire cosmos back to the Father. He brought peace. He was a peacemaker. What was Jesus doing there on the cross? On the cross, really, he was demonstrating the wisdom of God in a very practical working out. Now I want, to, I want to hit you with four quick scriptures about wisdom. I'm going to read these from the New King James. There's four quick scriptures that talk about wisdom. Because, you know, I think we've undersold wisdom. We haven't heard a lot of teaching about wisdom. 
But wisdom is the principal thing, Solomon said. He said, with all you're getting, get wisdom. And with your wisdom, get understanding, because understanding is what wisdom grows out of. Understanding puts the seed in the ground, but wisdom is what sprouts out of it. Can you, can you understand that? The deeper understanding goes, the more understanding you get, it enables then the wisdom to come. And as that wisdom comes, it, it waters and grows that fruit of the Spirit that makes you like Christ. People call, how, how can I be like Jesus? Demonstrate the fruit of the Spirit. The love, joy, peace, gentleness, goodness, long-suffering, all eight, nine fruits of the Spirit, that's the character of Jesus. That's the character of the Father. That's how he demonstrated himself. He did it through wisdom. All right, let me, let me just hit you real quick with four verses of Scripture. Colossians chapter 2 and verse 3. Colossians chapter 2 verse 3 says this, In Jesus, or it says in whom, but speaking to Jesus, in Jesus are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. In Jesus are hidden all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. So there you got it. You got the knowledge, the seed. Out of that seed comes the wisdom. And in him, all of it dwells. They're hidden. They're hidden in there. Now, where does he live by any chance? He lives in you. So in you dwells all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. It is in you. I'm telling you, it's in you today. I, I, I want you to end the digital cathedral this morning convinced that the seeds of wisdom and knowledge are in you and are beginning to grow. Right, Luke chapter 2. Luke chapter 2. Let's go back to the Gospels. Look just a little bit. I'm going to look at two Gospels, and then I'll come back and finish it off with Paul. Luke chapter 2 and verse 40 says this, And the child grew and became strong and spirit-filled with wisdom. See, Jesus grew in wisdom. People don't understand that. Jesus grew in wisdom. Nothing wrong with growing in wisdom. He had more wisdom when he was 18 than when he was 6. More wisdom when he was 30 than when he was 25. And at 30, the father says, the wisdom is grown out of your understanding. We've put the seeds of understanding in. The wisdom has grown. And the grace of God was upon him. See, when grace is demonstrated, it's it's demonstrated a lot through this, through this verbiage, through this outflow of wisdom that comes from your life. All right, let's back up just a little bit to the left to Matthew chapter 13. Matthew chapter 13. Look, I'm laying foundation today because next week, brother, we're going to hit it hard. Matthew chapter 13 and verse 54. And when he had come to his own country, he taught them in the synagogue so that they were astonished and said, where did this man get this wisdom and these mighty works. Where did this man get this wisdom and these mighty works? All right, so how many times have you ever heard, or those of you that teach, I've had people come and say that was a good teaching. I've never had, I've honestly never had anybody come and say that was unbelievable wisdom. And so now that I'm looking back, it tells me that I need to take that understanding I have and the revelation I have, and I begin. I need to begin to let the, the Spirit bring that out of me in a way to other people that will be uh, encapsulated in wisdom so that the situations and the dilemmas that they're facing, the Spirit of Truth will have open eyes through which to show them how to solve it. Jesus was full of wisdom. All right, one more. This, let's go back to... to uh, Paul, because Paul got a lot of this. 1 Corinthians chapter 1 and verse 24. 
1 Corinthians chapter 1 and verse 24. But to those who are called both Jews and Greeks, Christ, the power of God, and the wisdom of God. Now, what struck me this week is how often the power of God and the wisdom of God were coupled together. Where the wisdom of God was flowing, the power of God was flowing. And don't forget that 30th verse. 30th verse, 1 Corinthians chapter 1, verse 30. But of him are you in Christ Jesus. But of him you are in Christ Jesus, who became for us wisdom from God. He is my wisdom, brother. If I have him, I have the wisdom of God and righteousness and sanctification and redemption. So there's four things there that he has become for us. We know about the redemption. We know about the sanctification. We know, but he's become our wisdom for us. He's imparted to us his wisdom. His wisdom dwells within us. And he's teaching us now how to draw on it so that we can meet circumstances, answer problems and dilemmas. See, we... I want you to agree with me. Look at me this morning. I want you to agree with me that you have the wisdom. I want you to look in the mirror sometime today and look, and you say, that guy looking right there, he's filled with the wisdom of God. All the understanding that he's accumulated, that I've accumulated over these years, it's going to start coming out as wisdom. Now, some of you don't believe me. Some of you don't think you have wisdom. So James addresses that. Here's what James said. James chapter 1, verse 5. James said, if any of you lack wisdom, let him ask a God, because God gives wisdom to all men liberally. You know what liberally is? It's more than enough. So he's not going to just give you a little measure to meet what you have. He's going to liberally pour wisdom out. You're going to say, God, give me wisdom, and you're not going to know what areas you really need wisdom in because you don't know what you're going to face tomorrow. He does. If you lack wisdom, you think you lack wisdom, all right, trust this. Trust the one that gives the wisdom. Let him ask of God who gives to all men liberally. So to think that we lack wisdom means that we don't think we have wisdom. Truth is, we're not using everything we have. Isn't that what 1 John was getting at? When he said, you have an anointing, you have an anointing from the Holy One, and you don't need that anybody teach you, but the anointing that resides within you will teach you. See, we aren't fully aware yet of everything we have. We've so undersold ourselves because religion beat the tar out of us for so many years, told us how unworthy and sinful we were and separated from God, that when somebody comes along and begins to say, you are filled with the wisdom of God, and when I squeeze you, like squeezing a tube of toothpaste, what's going to come out is toothpaste. What's going to come out of you is wisdom. Because, man, you've accumulated a lot of understanding and knowledge over these years. You've gone to a lot of seminars, read a lot of books, watched a lot of videos, been to the Digital Cathedral now, some of you, for uh, going on three years, stuck with me. We've come a long way. And now it's time that we start to demonstrate the wisdom. The spirit of truth is the bucket that will go down deep inside of you and pull up that wisdom that resides down inside See, in him, in Jesus dwells all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. And he dwells within you. And that day you'll know that you're in him and he's in you. You're twined together. You're, you're one spirit with him. There's one spirit. And you have the same spirit that he has. So the one who is knowledge and wisdom lives in you. He was anointed with wisdom. That's what we just read. So I want to end today like this. I want to assure you. I want to assure you this morning that you're filled with wisdom. You're carrying answers. You are, a, you are a walking resource, spiritual resource for your life 
but also for the lives of other people that you encounter in this world. So I want you to arm yourself. I want you to equip, equip yourself with a brand new, fresh understanding. I, I just want you to, look, let's erase the board today and let's get a fresh awareness of who we are, where we're from, and what we have within us, what is resonant within us. Let's get a fresh understanding of it. If you, your head has been filled with doubts and you've had a lot of questions, look, let's erase them. Let's erase them. Let's get rid of them. Let's get our eyes set upon Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith, the one who's filled with wisdom and knowledge and he dwells within us and get ready for next week. Next week, I want you to, I want you to read this week, James chapter one, verse 17 and 18, meditate on it because we're gonna expose those seven pillars of wisdom that a life that is spirit directed, that is empowered by union, that is living from above that perspective, that is imparting what they have, and now we're gonna get the wisdom rolling that enables you to express and actually demonstrate it and perform it. We're gonna cover that next week. They're time-tested in Jesus. They're good, they're good characteristics. So I got a lot to say next week, but go back and listen to this again, and let's get it nailed down that we are the wisdom of God in Christ Jesus, amen? God bless you. See you Wednesday night. See you next Sunday morning, 10 a.m. Father, I just pray that you open our hearts this week and help us to see like we've never seen before. Father, those that are struggling with wisdom, that are struggling with circumstances and situations they don't know how to answer, I pray right now that you rise up big within them. Spirit of truth, draw down a deep bucket of wisdom and begin to reveal and unveil to them that this is the way. Walk in it. In Father's mighty name, we pray. Amen. See you next time.